This is a place where you can grow your family. If you don't take care of yourself, then everything else is going to just somehow fall to the wayside. If you change the inside first, the outside will change. One of the main things that we need to strive to do in Troy is like keep people here. This is me getting deep. Welcome to the Idea Vault podcast, where we talk about crazy ideas from the inside of an old bank vault. I'm Lynn George, director of Troy University's Idea Bank, here with Chris Stagel, Troy University design professor, and Mari Alice Porter, our Idea Bank program coordinator. We're broadcasting from the vault in downtown Troy, Alabama, and we are here to help you unlock your ideas. Okay, well, welcome everyone back to the Idea Vault podcast. This is our first episode in 2024, actually. Is this thing on? Yes, hello. <laughs> welcome back. Yeah. It's good to see you again, thank Chris. You, thank you. It's good to be back. <laughs> um, happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. We are here with two of my favorite people in Troy. We have Casey Browder and her brother, Clint Free. Welcome to the studio. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for having, having us. Yeah. Or welcome to the vault, I guess is what I should say. Um, thank you. Yeah, I'm long, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so Clint is the executive director of Common Ground Troy, which is a local nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Tell us what Common Ground Troy is. Yeah, so we're a 501c3 nonprofit. Um, we work mainly with boys ages 6th grade to ninth grade currently, and we grow each year from the sixth grade. So we currently have sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth graders. Um, we began our after-school program in 2020. Okay, great. Okay, well, we're going to have follow-up questions to that. Okay. But I also want to introduce Casey Browder. Casey is the owner of Neighborhood Bar. She is also the co-owner of the Emporium Venue. And she does realty for Blue Key Properties. And am I missing anything on that list? Mm, I think that's it. (laughs) Okay. So tell us, Casey, what is Neighborhood Bar? So Neighborhood Bar is a low-impact fitness studio where we focus on um, low-impact moves with some weight training and Pilates and a little bit of yoga mixed in. Um, It's a great way for women to come and get a good workout in with other women, but also um, not feel like they are completely exhausting themselves with every class. And it really gives a good, like, toned, dancer-ish physique. You do not need any dance experience (laughs) to participate. (laughs) That's great. So you have Neighborhood Bar, so tell us what the Emporium is and how you kind of got into that endeavor also. So we actually bought the Emporium with some of our friends at the end of October 2021, and it was just a local venue in town that um, someone local was selling, and we, with our friends, wanted to keep it local, and we had just been talking about investing in Troy deeper, and it just kind of popped up, and we went and looked at it and then made an offer, and here we are. You seized the opportunity. We talk about that a lot in the Idea Vault, don't we, Chris? It's, it's a common thread. <laughs> it's a common thread. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, okay, so you talked about you wanted to keep it local. I'm glad you said that because y'all both have reputations as strong leaders in the community. 
Not sure if you know that about yourselves, but you do. I mean, you guys are really dedicated to kind of building community and supporting Troy, and y'all are really supportive of each other. You're really supportive of, I know I see you guys at Chamber of Commerce events and pretty much anything. I know that you guys are bought into the local community. So I'm going to pivot back to Clint so that we can hear a little bit more about the community initiatives that you guys do at Common Ground and why, really more specifically, of how you got started with that okay. and why. Yeah, so I worked for four years in Mobile um, with a small church plant, um, and I did um, soup kitchen, I did after-school program, and I did community initiatives, um, rebuilding houses, helping um, like beautify the neighborhood and stuff like that. So. After four years of being there, um, my wife and I decided to move back to Troy. Um, I felt personally called um, from the Lord to come to Troy um, and start this ministry. Um, I knew there was a need from a local church here that there was uh, not an oppor- not a lot of opportunity for youth. So in 2019, in August of 2019, I formed my board of directors for the organization Six months later, moved to Troy and started with our after-school program. So we currently have an after-school program, a summer program, and those two programs really focus on academics. Uh, We do different types of enrichment. Uh, Like you said, we partner with a lot of local entities. We do gardening uh, with the, the extension office here. We do art with the Johnson Center, um, also with the university, and then we just do, we've done financial literacy, Troy Bank and Trust, and we partner a lot with the College of Education for their students to come in and get some hand-on experience and volunteer with our after-school program. We meet Monday through Thursday from 3.15 to 5.30. Um, That's when we really dig deep in their academics, but also add that enrichment component. Um, like I said, we have four, 14 boys per grade, um, so we have 54 students total. Um, and we also, a big part of what we do, we do biblical enrichment. So we have a Monday devotional where it's a group devotional, and now we've started doing a grade of the week. So then at the end of the week, they'll break off and go to our office site and do more of in-depth biblical enrichment um, for those young men. So you got a lot going on. Yes. <laughs> and it's kind of fascinating to hear them both talk about their, their individual kind of um, directions that they've gone within the community because one of the first things that I cued on um, was that you're talking about all boys and you're mm-hmm. talking about all girls. And I wonder, has there been, and by that nod over there, I'm assuming that there has been some conversation between the two of you about why that is or what that looks like for each of you and why that's important. Um, actually, we've never talked about it, what? but now yeah. that you say that, I'm <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. well, that does make sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is kind of strange. Yeah, so I don't know why that is either. Um, we've never fleshed that out. Um, we... This is me getting deep. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, <laughs> yes, we, love it. we yeah. my mom worked, um, she was a local manager of gas stations here in Troy mm-hmm. for 23 years. Yeah. She worked a very set, I guess you could say, like 
schedule, and it was the same thing for 20 three years, which is now very uncommon. Right. Most people don't stay at jobs for that long. No, not um, me. And then, and then I guess on the other side, like our dad, he is just kind of like a do-it-all person. Um, he worked at an organization for 14 years, mm-hmm. left, started his own. Yes, got a bunch of his own trucks. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's in the trucking industry. Gotcha. Um, so got his own trucks, did something else for a little while, went back to that organization for a little while, and then now is at another trucking agency. Right. Um, yeah. So we really got both sides of like the rigorous set schedule, long-term commitment, and then our dad who loves his job but just tried it a bunch of different ways. Um, and I feel like we both have chosen, like, we have our own set schedules. Mm-hmm. We do, mm-hmm. yeah. Flexibility. We, do, we our mom. Did, did you say a, no, no flexibility? No, a lot of flexibility. A lot of, okay, yes. yeah. That's yes. what I was thinking. But, so it's yeah. super flexible. Yeah. And I think we really learned that from our mom having that set 8 to 5.30, right. and no flexibility, no time off. Even on the weekend, she'd get calls. And I think we kind of chose the path of like, yeah. that's not going to be what we do. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so on one hand, you've got somebody that's extremely structured, has mm-hmm. to open and close maybe constantly, mm-hmm. you know, at the gas station. And then over here, you've got wild man dad. Who just comes and goes? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah no, I, I can great. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's he's he's kind of always been in the same industry. Mm-hmm. It's just different ways, and I kind of feel like with neighborhood bar and real estate, I've kind of done the same thing. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm not in the like I'm doing the same thing as far as like being with people mm-hmm. and like connecting with people, but right. it's just different. With working out and selling mm-hmm. homes. So mm-hmm. it's still connecting with people, still connecting with the community. It's just in a different capacity as far as what it looks like, I right. guess, yeah. would be a good. Yeah. So I think that that's, which I never saw myself doing, but I went to school, um, I went to college to be a teacher and did that for one year and decided that was not <laughs> for me. And um, so... One year and retired, as my dad says. There you go. Perfect. Hey, you tried it. I tried. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I I wanted to ask that, what you started to talk about with, once sometimes, actually a lot of times, your name comes up and people say, wow, Casey just does everything. She just (laughs) Mm -hmm. does it all. I said, she really does. She is a woman of many skills. (laughs) (laughs) But how, what's the overlap around all three of the things that you um, know it's more than three, but kind of the three main businesses that you manage. Is there a lot of overlap? Do you have kind of the same clients across all three? You know, how does that work? Yeah, actually, I have had a lot of the same clients as far as neighborhood bar and uh, real estate go. Um, as far as the overlap in like work, it's been a little crazy this past year, like trying to figure out like neighborhood bar and real estate um, together and separately. Um, So I'm in the process at neighborhood bar. I'm about to um, like hire a studio manager. So she'll pretty much be managing neighborhood bar. And then I'll be working real estate more full time. Um, But the overlap in that is I do have a lot of clients that come in and then they end up or have been with me at neighborhood bar for 
a few years and then they end up being my real estate clients. Like I've had at least three that I can think of right off the top of my head. One, we're still working on finding them a house, but I've known her um, pretty much since I've moved to Troy in some capacity because we also used to own a CrossFit gym. No longer, mm-hmm. but we did. Um, so I, I've known her since we started that. So And then she's been at Neighborhood Bar, and she, now she's a client of mine for real estate. So it is a good overlap with that. And I don't know, maybe I hope that they've built trust with me through Neighborhood Bar, and they, you know, have built trust through that to, you know, see me through with real, real estate. Um, so, but there's a good overlap, and it's just been, like, this past year has been, Interesting, trying to find a balance of both. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the Emporium, we have a um, we have an event coordinator that pretty much like does all of our bookings and stuff. Um, so that's been good. And me and my friend um, Anna that owns the Emporium, we kind of um, take the back end stuff. So more of like finance my side, and then Anna will do like more social media and stuff. Um, so we are hands on there. Um, but having an event coordinator kind of takes a little bit of that off of us. But we also same overlap there. We have people that my friend Anna is also a real estate agent. Um, so we have overlap with like people that have been at neighborhood bar or been one of her clients or my clients that they booked the Emporium with us. So still that, I guess that trust, like building the trust within mm-hmm. the community with your clients, wherever you are. <laughs> Clint, yeah. can, can, oh, sorry. oh, God, go I, ahead, Chris. I thought it was my turn. I was taking a bunch <laughs> of notes because Casey just made me want to ask a hundred more questions, but oh. you go first. So, uh, Clint, Casey's been stealing your spotlight since you were a child <laughs> and, and no, it's actually the other way around. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's definitely the more outgoing. Yes. So um, Casey talked a lot about trust. And I imagine with an after-school program, like, that's a big theme with what you've got going on with these young men. So can, you yeah. talk, can you talk a little bit about that and how important that is with, uh, with the students that come and see you? Yeah. So really it's kind of twofold. Um, what I love and what I desire to do is, like, is fundraising. Um, nobody really loves that, but I love to do that. And that requires the community Mm -hmm. um, to be involved. But it also requires, like, what do you actually do through the program? What is the end goal? What is the vision? And so a lot of that is I have to have trust in the community, but I also have to have trust in the families that we serve. Um, So a lot of what we do through our program is advocacy, So we go to the schools twice a week. Um, We meet with the parents quarterly. We really see what maybe not only the child needs, but maybe what the families need. So gaining that trust over time. And I think it really is about consistency because I have seen personally, especially my time in Mobile, a lot of organizations come and go. And I really think that is not so much on the trust side, but really just trying to go and start a big program. And we've started our program slow. So we started with 14 and we add 14 a year, 14 students a year, and really trying to make sure that we're here for the long-term and long-term sustainability rather than, oh, you know, we meet yeah. four days a week. Next year, we may have to cut it to two because we didn't plan for that. Right. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. I have a question, and it's a little off script. <laughs> Do it. In, in uh, case, in case for some reason you answer. thought we had a script, we don't. <laughs> 
good point. Yeah. Um, has anyone ever tried to hire you as a fundraiser for their organization? So not necessarily. Um, I do have uh, one of one of my good friends, and she's a mentor in Windermere, Florida. So she has a um, consulting, not a firm, but a consulting company where she mm-hmm. consults with other organizations. She worked for a Fortune 500 company, um, and so I have started kind of helping her do like presentations for fundraising, and then doing like strategic planning and really like goals, objectives, and long-term sustainability plans mm-hmm. for organizations. So maybe in the future. Because that's, cool. that's a great skill. And the fact that, you know, when you said that, like most people don't like fundraising, but yeah. I love it. I yeah. can, in my head, I'm like, I bet people have like, tried to recruit him. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I did it one time for an animation festival. Never again. Other than my own stuff that I have to do for school where I have to manage fundraising. Yeah. Man, it's hard asking people for money. Yeah. yeah and I think not, the main thing is. By the way, really, Lynn, I need to borrow $20. <laughs> always. <laughs> You're always asking me for money. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the main thing in what kind of what we've been talking about is just cultivating those relationships. Right. And right. that takes time. That takes trust. And making sure that both parties benefit mm-hmm. from what you're doing makes fundraising easier. Mm-hmm. For sure. So you guys, I want to talk a little bit more about the relationship building part of it because that's super important for both of y'all. Casey, at Neighborhood Bar, you know, you use kind of this text messaging system to check in on your clients and, you know, make sure they're hitting their goals. I'm just curious, like, how much time do you spend on that? Like, how important is that to you in business building? Um, actually, that's probably one of the most important pieces of business building wherever you are, um, whether it be fitness, real estate, anything, fundraising. That's going to be one of the biggest things. Um, I try my best to at least, if I have not seen like one of my clients face to face or like at least heard from them in a week or two, I tried to at least like reach out and check on them um, just to make sure like, yes, I haven't seen you in studio and would love to see you in studio, but like, are you good? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, right. have well, you had something major happen? Like what's going on? Yeah. And like, it's so important because you might have a member that's paying for their membership. So if you look at the numbers or whatever, you're like getting the business, but if they're not using it, then yeah. they're going to eventually cancel it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and like, that's the thing, like I really do with Neighborhood Bar, like I really, I think fitness is so important for women, not necessarily for the way you look, but mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and women just don't really realize that. And it's easy for women to get stuck, especially if you're a mom, for women to get stuck in, I've got to do X, Y, and Z for my family. Unless, yes, you do, but you also have to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't take care of yourself, then everything else is going to just somehow fall to the wayside because either mentally or emotionally something is going to happen. So that's why I really have pushed Neighborhood Bar for women is like, yes, I want you to come in and get a good workout for your health. But like also mentally and emotionally, it can just be one of the top things that you do for yourself that will make 
not necessarily your life easier, but like it will make your day go better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I have a lot of women who like start off with their day at 5 a.m. and they're like, my day goes so much better when I come to 5 a.m. class. But I also have women that come to like my 4.15 or my 5.30 and they're like, this is just my break in the day. Like my Mm -hmm. day's been so crazy. I can come to 4.15 or I can come to 5.15 or 5.30, and no one needs me. Like, it's my yes. my time <laughs> to have 50 minutes to myself. And we do have childcare, which is great. So um, I, I really, that's one of the main things that I like to let my clients know. Like, yes, I want you to, like, be healthy. But I also want you to mentally and emotionally be good for your family. Because mm-hmm. that's so important. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the 4.15. Because it's, it's like that good, like, I finished the work day. Now i got to reset my mind before I go into uh, Don't even. 415? I know what you're about are, to are say. Are you sure it lasts that long? <laughs> <laughs> I've called at, like, three, <laughs> and you're nowhere to be found. No, She's got to go get her little coffee before that, she that, comes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> i got to support the local That's right. businesses. Right. Exactly. That's true. Um, yeah, so my takeaways from that. Obviously, relationship building is key. You have got to, like, carve out time to do that for your business. Um, but also believing in what you are selling. Yeah, that's Like, true. Cl- yeah. very clear, like, you're passionate about what you're selling, the service that you're selling. So how do you take care of yourself, Casey? So, um... I honestly, like, I like to work out personally just for myself, and that is some of my me time. Like, whether that's just walking, riding a bike, like, anything like that, um, I, I that is my me time, working out. It's my stress reliever. It's when I can go in and pop a podcast in and not think about anything else. But also, um, I like to read. So I like to read Um, especially before I go to bed, but like, that's my, if I need to like escape for a little while, I'll read. Um, so that is another like self care that I've found. And honestly, I found that like during COVID again, like I read a little bit in college, but during COVID when everything was crazy and I didn't know, you know, I'm a, I'm self-employed. I don't know what's going to happen with my business during COVID. I started reading like, and I just, the Virgin River series had just come out on Netflix and I bought the books, and there's like 20 of them. So I just like crashed through Dove those 20. In. Yeah, like literally <laughs> crashed through those 20 books. Because yeah. wow. I was like, I mean, what? I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. So, yeah. so I kind of found reading again in 2020, and that's like been another one of my saving graces. Um, I also do like to walk in the afternoon with my husband. That's another thing that we do. And that's a good way to like for both of us to kind of decompress and talk about our day mm-hmm. where we're not like, sitting down for dinner and trying to like or get ready mm-hmm. for dinner and like trying to breeze through talking about our day like we can just walk and talk about our day that's been another good thing that we've added in like within the past probably six or eight months cool nice. where do you guys walk we just walk around downtown nice. we have a little path that's two cool. mile path <laughs> I see them sometimes when yeah. I'm at the daycare pickup. Yeah, a little, a little trail. <laughs> yeah, it's it's Our been walk. so good, and like we've encouraged a lot of our friends to do it because you you really don't you don't think about it, but you don't like make time to just like sit and talk about your day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we wouldn't if we didn't do that. So. Yeah. Me and my husband talked about that as like our New Year's thing. Like yeah. we all both get so busy, um, we need to like you know vent about our days to each other but uh we like joined a wine club and do it over wine i like (laughs) it so maybe we that's even better not a bad idea here we go clint how do you unwind (laughs) um so i i'm pretty simple um i try to take every friday off 
Nice. Um, so I work. So does mine. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I try. <laughs> so I normally consider my work week like four tens. Okay. Um, so I start my day early, um, usually end it late at the after school program yeah. or at the office. Um, and that's so I can take Fridays off. Um, I play pickup basketball nice. every Friday morning at 5 a.m. Oh. Okay. Um, and then I try and like my side porch, right, right now it's cold. But my side porch is like my sanctuary. Um, so I, like, if I need to rest, I'll just go sit out there nice. um, and cool. just relax. Yeah. Do either of you work from the home? Yes, I yeah. work from home a lot. And yeah. I'm actually, we are actually about to, because I'm with real estate, I'm getting more to where I do need to work from home. Yeah. Um, we are like going to redo like our dining room and make it my office and move our dining room into another room that we don't use. So I, yes, I do, and it's it's kind of a saving grace for me too, also because I can not worry about whatever yeah. else yeah. is going on. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm helping a, a a local group of people start a small business, and they're talking about getting mm-hmm. a house and kind of making the downstairs yes. their office. Yeah. Any tips, work from home tips for newcomers to that that kind of arena? Um, I feel like you have to have, have a designated space. Yes. And, like, yeah. Clint will probably agree with me. And, like, I've tried to, like, work from my couch, and I get so distracted. Yeah. Um, but I feel like if you have a dedicated, like, space that you're like, okay, this is my office. This is where I'm going. This right. is where I'm working. That's yeah. the biggest help. Yeah. So we at Common Ground, we function out of a church, like, activities building where they have a gym and a bunch of classrooms. And we just purchased in December. We purchased some offsite office space. Okay. Um, for that reason, because I'm very, um, I'm very nomadic. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I I'm either at the coffee shop, the library. It used to be the office at the um, church, but now it's like I have a designated space. Right. Like I feel like yeah, I can go. Nice. I can sit. I can get my work done, and I can leave it there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So. Okay, I have a question about Common Ground and just mm-hmm. the nonprofit world. So, you know, if you haven't been plugged into the Idea Bank much, you might not know about our nonprofit summits that mm-hmm. we've been doing, which Clint, it was really Clint's idea to do these events. <laughs> and I just said, okay, let's do it. And um, we do it once, one year we did it twice in a year. Mm-hmm. But w- about once a year, we do a summit where we bring nonprofit organizations and we kind of teach them. We get guest speakers and help them with growing their organizations. And you had the idea of the last summit to have a session on running your nonprofit like a business mm-hmm. or like thinking like a business owner when you're running your nonprofit. So how have you had to implement business? It's a two-part question. Talk yeah. about kind of how you have to be a business owner when mm-hmm. running your nonprofit, which I feel like a lot of people don't think about it like that. And then two – Nonprofits have the extra challenge of managing this board of directors, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure they don't always agree. How does that kind of play into your business decision-making process? So for us, it's kind of the approach that we take with the students as well. So we kind of use an inside-out model. If you change the inside first, the outside will change. Um, So we use our model at Common Ground, like internally, it's business. But, like, externally, it's a ministry. So we run, like, mm-hmm. I have an accountant. I have a pastor. Um, I have a 
company president, and um, I have a health and human services um, professor from the university on my board. So three people who work in the business world and one that's a pastor who works, you know, in the ministry sector. Um, So trying to make sure that the internal side is the financials are good, Um, the my staff is good. I'm running it like a business. We have annual reviews. We make sure everybody's good. They're doing what they're called to do and what they're supposed to do. So making sure also that we have a long-term plan, like we just did our in 2022, we did our um, strategic planning meeting for the next five years. Um, so having that long-term plan, and I feel like a lot of business, I guess call it a forecast, Um, business forecast. Um, So making sure that we have this business model internally to make sure that we're sustainable long-term, but then on the outside have this ministry perspective as caring for the community and really focusing on the students and not treating them like an income source. Mm -hmm. Um, Where I feel like some, some organizations in the past have treated their clients, students, I guess you can say participants as a income source where rather than we treat them as who they are right, uh, and really investing in them. And I've seen organizations botch this in the past of selling their, selling their participants, um, especially when you're dealing with kids, selling them as a way for income rather than getting people invested in your program. And over time, the community benefits both ways from what you're doing. I think you need to be a presenter at our next mm. nonprofit summit. <laughs> I don't so know about that. where do you come up with the cases questions for Clint? <laughs> where do you come up with um, what happens during the after school program? Like, where do those ideas uh, derive from? So it really, and I know we're continuing to talk about this, it really comes from the community. Okay. So, like, I talk to the parents, I talk to the students to see what they want to see, what they want to do in the afternoons. But the biggest thing, of course, we need to make sure that their character is good and their academics are good. Sure. And then... Other things can overflow into that. Um, I bring it up because I think it would be really fun to oh bring them to bring them here. <laughs> oh yeah, and yeah. to show them the I podcast. Thought you were going to say studio. something crazy. No, because I think that they would be. What are the age ranges? Sixth grade through ninth grade. I think that get them. Let's put them on the mic. Let's do it. Let's yeah, them on the mic. I think that'd be so fun. Special edition I have of two, the idea vault. Yeah. I have two kids that would literally like it would be a comedy podcast. Yeah, so. <laughs> But yeah, I yeah. mean that's the thing is like also I'm getting ideas but, yeah. now. <laughs> also finding different ways to get them plugged in. Yeah, is what we try to do as well. So that's we really could cool. do a call in like fund drive. Ooh, a, a, a telethon. Tell is like that what it's yeah. like interview some of the boys and then also Comments. be like call now and we'll get you. <laughs> but, but we would have to be live to do that. Oh, oh gosh, we would have to out. be live, yeah. which is that's a little risky. Or we could just we're there yet. Yeah, I don't think we're there yet. It would it would just you know Hammer would be calling in and, and that would be she's the only one that knows how to get us. <laughs> <laughs> so. 
I know it takes us 15 minutes to figure out how to. <laughs> yeah, we have to Bluetooth the, the phone. Call. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on. Okay, well, it was an idea. That's right. Yeah. Um, okay, so one thing I thought about: Clint has a board of directors, but you don't have a board of directors. So, like, when you have to make difficult business decisions, do you have any kind of soundboard? You know, how do she you? She calls me. It's either Clint or my husband. One of the two. <laughs> I her husband gives her the practical, um, and I call her to talk to, so I can talk her off the ledge. <laughs> yeah. um, she calls sense. me and she's like, "Hey, I gotta tell you something." And I'm like, <laughs> "And you oh know it's God. coming. <laughs> what is so, coming? What is otherwise, coming? when she calls her husband, it is, "Hey, I have to tell you something." He's like, "Okay, <laughs> you give me, you give him." I mean, your your phone calls are probably how many minutes? Oh, to Jason? like so short. And me and Clint are talking on the phone for like an hour, and me yeah. and Jason are on the phone for like maybe eight minutes. And then I hear, <laughs> and then a lot of times if he's in the car, Jason will be like, "Who are you on the phone with?" And then she's like, "My brother." So it's always <laughs> our our phone calls are always long and drawn out. Yeah. And Alyssa, my wife, is a lot like Jason. They're I'll, very similar. It's weird. <laughs> she That's works funny. in she works in Montgomery, so if. If she calls me as soon as she gets off work, she's like, hey, I'm headed home. And then I start talking about my day, and she's like, I'm headed home. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, bye. The call now. <laughs> that is That's exactly hilarious. like my wife. <laughs> Especially when I'm up here, I'll call her, like, recap the day. And about four minutes into dead silence, I'll go, you need me to let you go? And she's like, yep. yes. <laughs> That's my husband. Yes. <laughs> That's funny. Yes, it's it's funny, Clint and I, and like, I'm sure my husband Jason and his wife Alyssa think it's so weird, but like we will literally talk to each other every day. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we talk for like an hour a day, like it just depends. But yeah. they think it's so weird. Yeah. But they're the same person, so we're yes. like, y'all are kind of weird. Yeah, <laughs> y'all are the weird ones. And we're about to leave for. Seven days. Yeah, we're about yeah. to leave for a family trip together. So. We're all going. Um, Where are you going? On a seven day vacation. Um, so our grandmother was from Antigua. Okay. Um, small island in the Caribbean. Sure. sure. Um, she was there until um, she I guess 18. eighteen. She married my granddad. He was um stationed there with the navy. Yeah. Um, and we still have a bunch of cousins that live on the island. Yeah. Um, and relatives. So we are going. She's planned the the trip. She got us the tickets. Um. And we have we're flying out on Sunday, um, and we'll be there for seven days. So. Yeah, Beautiful. that yeah. is so cool. We asked yeah. my parents for a trip for Christmas. Yeah, instead of and his wife's never been. Yeah, so it's we've her been first twice. Time. We've been twice. Yeah, that's so, cool. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love that. I leave Saturday for Spain. Oh, oh awesome! Yeah. Oh my gosh! Well, I'll just be here. <laughs> Don't worry about hold me. Down. He's gonna hold it down. I'll be at the idea bank. <laughs> that's right. So that's really cool. Well, I have kind of like a hot take question I want oh you I'm both scared. to chime in on. <laughs> so <laughs> you guys, I feel like you probably talk a lot about what's going on in the community. What does the community need? What is Troy missing? For all of the listeners who are trying to seize the opportunity, what do you think is out there? You go first, Casey. I was just about to say you go first. <laughs> I know. I'll put you on the spot. Um... Okay, so I feel like our community is growing, like, rapidly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, Casey's rolling off the chamber board. I, I just I rolled off a year ago. And I just joined the chamber board. Um, so I feel like, I feel like over time, um, I think we, like, we wanted this growth here. 
and now it's started and we need to figure out like ways to like invest in it and okay. really like yeah. dive in, um, care for our businesses while they're growing and then get people to, you know, find a way for people to, for all people to be involved. Um, and so I think we have a distillery opening mm-hmm. in May. Um, so I think that'll be fun. Um, I think, I think the walkability and the vibe of downtown could be better. Um, yeah, and it's getting there. It's getting yeah. there. It, like I remember when I moved to Troy 11 years ago, it was not, the square was not what mm-hmm. it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, and just watching that, I mean, it's slow growth and that's okay. Um, just watching that over the, past 11 years has been really awesome. Um, and it, like we, like the square is growing and it is awesome to see. One of the main things that we, that that we need to strive to do in Troy is like keep people here. Like mm-hmm. instead of them going out like Montgomery Dothan, whatever, to find something, like we mm-hmm. need to keep them here. Yeah. Like even college students, like they are just craving something to do. And it doesn't have to be a bar, like just something to do that's fun. And like mm-hmm. with the bowling alley coming, like that's awesome. Um, with Moe's coming right downtown, mm-hmm. that's awesome. I mean, I remember when I was a senior at Auburn, Moe's opened in downtown Auburn, and that was just, like, a fun place for us to go. And, like, there was, like, trivia on Thursday nights, mm-hmm. and, like, they may have live. I mean, it wasn't crazy. It was just, yeah. like, we'd go Something. eat and then just hang out there. Yeah. So yeah. I, I really think it's just, like, having a good, like, family atmosphere. atmosphere. And, like, Sips has done a great job with that, uh-huh. like, moving yeah, out. Have. I know everyone was scared of Sips moving off the square, <laughs> but, like, um, they've done a great job with, like, having the family atmosphere and that is important in Troy because people are looking for somewhere to go and hang out but take their kids too yeah like I think at the tipping point in Montgomery like they have like this little tiny bar with like these little like I mean it's like appetizers or whatever and then they have this huge sand hill and all the kids just play on the sand Mm -hmm. they have nothing fancy like it's not fancy it's just something for people to go sit and hang out and do yeah to be be clear to our listeners we are not sponsored by the tipping point (laughs) however we wouldn't turn it down (laughs) we would not yes so yeah I think I think that's the biggest thing is like having especially for like post-grad for until like 40 Uh uh-huh like yeah. how can because that's the future. Right. Yeah. That's the future right. of the community. So and I think we both bringing in people, whether it's into our nonprofit, um, with volunteers or donors or clients, um, buying a house, selling a house, or coming into the studio, um, just being able to say, Hey, this is a place where you can stay. This is a place where you can grow your family and you can live here. Um, where when we when I was in college here, it was like all my friends are like, "Well, I can't wait until I graduate. So I'm right. leaving." Right? Yeah. yeah. But yeah. now it's it's kind of teetering to where people are like, "Well, I want to stay, but where are the opportunities?" Mm-hmm. So creating exactly. those opportunities and getting businesses here, and I think we're doing a good job of that. Um, but I think how do we sustain that um, right. and how do we invest in that heavily? You brought up a really good word, Clint, and, and that is volunteer. So if people want to get involved mm-hmm. with, with Common Ground, 
how do they volunteer? Where do they go? Who do they call? Yeah, so you can go to www.cgt.life. And we have a volunteer portal where you can send an email to us and tell us what you would like to do um, and how you would like to be involved. We are mostly driven by college students. We buy Christmas gifts for our boys every year. Um, so we, we usually buy them like two or three Christmas gifts. Right. And then that's where our young adults come in or, you know, buying if we do like a Thanksgiving meal for our families, how do you you know, getting desserts brought. We do have a good group of people. Because that's the thing is when I started, like, trying to find a place where everybody can fit in. Um, So, yeah, we have plenty of opportunities. And um, you just email us and we we work with you. Cool. And if people are interested in in, uh, getting into the bar... <laughs> the bar, the bar, the, the neighborhood bar. Yes. Where, how do they? Where do they go to? Do you have a website they can learn more? Um, yes. So we have a website, neighborhoodbar.com, and then you will just pick Troy as your location. And, and just B A R R E. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for that clarification. To clarify. Yes. Yeah. Hey, it has yeah. been confused before. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, but we, you'll just select Troy as your location, um, and then that will pop you into like our part of the website, and then there's a right. form you can fill out on there. Um, and it goes directly into my um, communications, and then I can communicate with you through there. Or Instagram is great. I mean, lots yeah. of people contact me through Instagram, yeah. so that's another great way to. Um, and if they're in the market for a home, <laughs> where will they find you? My Instagram. Yeah. They can just look on my Instagram, or they can give me a call at three three four three seven two four one four two. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or they can give me an email at cfrouter at gmail dot com. And cool. we'll put all this info on the, in the show yeah, notes so right. that if people want to get your contact info, they can reach awesome. out to you. Yeah. Awesome. And we do a lot on social media as well. Yeah, uh-huh. that's, cool. I mean, that's, that's really probably my number one for mm-hmm. people reaching social out media. social media. Yeah, yeah. cool. It's just, mm, that's a good little nugget for listeners to take away too, yep. social media. Yep. Yeah. I mean, we have best a, free advertising. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we uh, really appreciate y'all yes. coming on. Thank you guys one so last much. thing I wanted to say is one of the most common things I hear from students is, you know, I have this great business idea, but I'm going to wait till after I graduate and move to Nashville or move to Atlanta or whatever. Mm-hmm. And if there's anything that student listeners can take away from this is stay local in Troy because you have people like Casey and Clint who <laughs> success have success stories yeah. of building businesses here and you heard it on the air they want to support you yep. mm-hmm. and they want to help you grow here and that's one of the coolest things about Troy is that you have that community that you won't get in a bigger city so yep. thank you guys for supporting your local community and for yeah. giving us some of your time today thank you guys yeah, so much we us. hope you enjoyed it yes thank you all